hard as ever, I can tell you that. <laughs> Putting our hands on passes and balls. and Receivers, uh, they couldn't catch a cold if it was the middle of February. Well, I don't get a day break, they ain't cold. It's no good! He missed, it. He, missed it. It. he missed it! Drop it on my feet next time. Hey everybody, and welcome to episode 76 of the Soda City Sit-Down. And that 76 is a monumental number this week because not only have we had 76 episodes of this podcast, but we've also got 76 recruits in the fold this week alone. Or at least that's how it feels. Shane Beamer has been on an absolute tear. It seems like my entire timeline is welcome home tweets. And I'm not mad about it. I am not mad. Every time I log into Twitter, it's a new tweet. And I think I could get used to that. How about you guys? You think uh, you think that's something that y'all can enjoy for the time going? It's actually crazy. You know, so I'm just going to jump into this. I know we're, we have a whole housekeeping thing we usually do. and We do segments. But I, I want your guys' opinion. So when we hired Beamer... We were all very excited about him and what he could bring to the table. Immensely, yes. And because, you know, with us, we only remember three head coaching hires, right? Steve Spurrier, Will Muschamp, and Beamer. I mean, I so, remember the Lou Holtz era, but maybe not the hire. Not, not, not the hire, yeah. You're talking specifically the hire. Like, yeah, exactly. Like day so, one. Okay, yeah. Right. So when we hired Spurrier, oh, obviously, and then there was Sean <laughs> obviously everyone was ecstatic, right? Jubilation. Yeah, even. yeah. Yeah, Spurrier. He's like, oh my god, we're getting this national champion football coach. He's going to come coach here. And it worked out. What were your guys' first reactions when we hired Muschamp? Retread. <laughs> I... Like I bought a used car. <laughs> yeah, Will Muschamp, the hire, definitely didn't excite me. He won the press conference, and I, I mean, I was on board from day one. Did he sell he ice told. like you're an Eskimo? Is that what he did to you? He did in that press conference. That's for damn sure. <laughs> <laughs> I so yeah. Um, when I when I saw the news when it came across my phone and it was like South Carolina names Will Muschamp as its next head football coach, I was like, oh shit. Here goes five years. That's gonna be terrible. Because in my head, wow. Will Muschamp was a proven loser, right? At and least then he coach. Yeah, yeah. And then he won us all over with his press conference and a pretty uh-huh. good job of recruiting. And his first two years were adequate. Yeah, exactly. And we jumped on the on the Muschamp train, admittedly. Yeah. I think all of us did. But now when we hire Beamer, I had that glimmer of hope again. I liked the hire. Of course, we've never seen him call a game, let alone a play in his life. Yeah. Well, that's but, actually not necessarily true because he did uh, – people always say he has no head coach experience. He, he was like the interim head coach at Virginia Tech one year when his dad – I had to miss a bowl game due to some like health concerns or something like that. So you know, okay, he's I didn't know a that. A little bit, didn't yeah, know that. Yeah, it counts. Look it, it up. counts. It counts. One and zero, baby. One and zero. As a member of this council, sure I say game. it counts. But so since since we hired Beamer, everything I've thought about him has only gone uphill. Yeah. Like, He's just raising the bar over and over and over again, and not just from a recruiting standpoint. Would like, you say it's with, taken off? On the Shane plane, I I believe the Shane plane has taken <laughs> off. I think for it the to Shane really reach might that, be in reach orbit. that cruising like, it altitude, might be a Shane are we reaching cruising altitude or are we still climbing? I think we <laughs> well, may well, still we, we, I, I think... No, no, no. To reach the cruising altitude, we have to start stringing some wins together. We haven't seen him play call coach a game yet. That's when we'll reach the cruising altitude. But right true. now, it has taken off and it is going up. 
No, no, I think we might reach, we might be in cruising altitude. The winds will put it in autopilot, maybe. I don't know, you know, just. No, 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 because this, this plane's still going up, Tyler. That's, you yeah, know, it's, it's year one, I think it's fair to say we're still going up. But we, like I said, this is, we're he hasn't even called up. a play yet. It's only year one. I think, yeah, we're on a, we're on a steady, nice incline here, but we got to string some wins together, you know, see some development, things like that. But I like the direction so, we're heading. The main I'm reason, giddy. main reason I'm hyping him up so much right now is not because of the ten recruits in ten days that have committed. It's because of the national media attention we are getting right now. Yes, have you all it seen has the been tweets? So good, yes. it's been so good. Coaches and media members are talking about our head coach and our coaches and our culture and how we're doing things differently and how these coaches are guys that uh, players can trust and that they're mm-hmm. very real with them. And I feel like that's the exact opposite of what Muschamp did. Mm-hmm. And exactly. So, I love it. So one of the questions that I've posed over the last couple of days is basically that what's going on right now is amazing. The 10 recruits in 10 days and all of that kind of stuff. And it seems unprecedented. But this is an unprecedented recruiting cycle because of the whole last year. And we've talked a lot about this on this podcast and how June was going to be an absolute whirlwind. And, and it has been. I mean, there's been, I think there was a recruit on campus every single day of June from June 1st um, until uh, until Sunday, with the exception of Father's Day. I think Father's Day was like the only day of the month that there wasn't a recruit on campus. Uh, we've gotten the 10 recruits and uh, the 10 commitments, at least commitments to Coach Beamer in the last 10 days. So it, it's unprecedented. But how is this comparing to other schools is, is something that I definitely want to know. Um, but regardless of that, exactly what you have said has been something that is just unbelievable. Um, he's been, I know he was on Fox news uh, last week talking about the, uh, um, the walk on video. Um, who cares what you think about Fox news? I'm not getting into the politics of that. I'm just saying that's where he was. Uh, but so he's getting on these national news shows talking about things, positive things that are happening in our program. Um, I was going through his Twitter page uh, before before we got into the recording because I was just going back through all of the different uh, welcome home tweets that he has, and he it, it, they're buried because he's retweeting all these other things. I mean, he's retweeting recruits that are putting us in their top 15. He's recruiting videos of Whit Merrifield winning the College World Series 11 years ago today. We're recording on Tuesday, the 29th. So by the time this comes out, I'm just saying that because by the time this comes out, there'll probably be five more commitments and you'll be like, this is a really outdated podcast. But I mean, SEC Mike talking about uh, a very respected SEC podcast going off about how he's Beamer's just completely taking advantage of all the new facilities that we have. I mean, he's retweeting all of these things. I mean, this is stuff that we did not see under Muschamp. Muschamp would say hashtag Spurs up, and he might retweet something about J.C. Horn doing good at a combine. But you're absolutely right. It's it's incredible. It it has it's been unreal. I mean, I, the culture shock is so different. With yeah. Muschamp I, on his way out, what was our biggest thing that we said the problem was with culture. Muschamp? Culture. culture. Yeah, culture. Yeah. And I love yeah. And, and also that, that and like, and also to kind of, I can't, now if I said this on the podcast, or I, I, I think I told my, I was talking to my dad about this. It's like, one of the coolest things too is like, Marty Smith at ESPN, who's like, becoming like the 
superstar of like college football on ESPN and really just reporting in general. Like he's like best friends with Shane Beamer. Like they went to high school. They at least played like high school football against each other. They've known each other for twenty years. Like he's a huge, huge impactful figure in this sports media. Best friends with their head coach. That's crazy. That's crazy. And we talk about how Dabo gets his dick sucked by the media for the last ten years, at least the last five years. Maybe it's our use, turn. We could use some of that. <laughs> Maybe it's our turn. I mean, we need every recruiting advantage. We've gotten blue-balled. We've been blue-balled by the media for the last five or six years since Spurrier at least started going downhill. It is our time again. I'm so ready for it to be on the other end of – I mean, like I've said it before, like like Herb Street. Kirk Herb Street, you could put a gun to his head, threatened to kill his whole family, and he still wouldn't say anything good about the University of South Carolina. He, see ya. Bye. Bye, family. Uh, no. You know, well, that's because his family is Clemson, but that's not. <laughs> that's well, okay, true, <laughs> but I mean, he, power move by Dabo. Offer, offer Herb Street's kids who have no talent as walk-ons. True, <laughs> true. A good word. In the he media. knew exactly what he was doing with that, but yeah, I mean, I I just can't get enough of it. Uh, but let's uh, let's kind of bring it back around. Just uh, the regular housekeeping. Uh, as usual, we are um, you know on Twitter, Instagram. We are at Soda City. Sit down on both of those. Uh, give us a likes. Give us the follows. All of that. Tell your friends about us. Retweet us. Let everyone see what we're talking about. Um, and then listen to what we're talking about. Um, we're going through Anchor. Uh, so we put mainly on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, other places you might like to listen to your your podcasts and other listening modes i don't i don't know we also used to post the episode via twitter too on our on our page so you can find it there well too. yes so that's where you find the link but you know subscribe to us on those other places and you don't have to worry about our twitter page but please follow the twitter page too um yeah do we want to get into what really unpacks some of these recruits over the last couple of days yeah so let's do it okay okay so let's start out like you said 10 10 welcome home tweets hashtag welcome homes in 10 days that's crazy. Uh, one, just, one, one of those was a welcome back home. That's true. That's true. <laughs> uh, but, but going into it a little bit more, um, some of the differences, again, between the last two staffs is, uh, I guess, Muschamp would just kind of like, Muschamp would tweet Spurs up like when it became public, right? Uh, I think Muschamp still tweeted Spurs up when he got the news, but I don't think he told anyone outside of his coaches or people within the program who the recruit was. Gotcha. I mean, sorry, sorry. I mean, I think Muschamp did disclose it to other people outside of the program. Well, I think Beamer is not doing that. He's really letting the kid have their moment. Gotcha. Well, so, yeah, so we've had 10 welcome home tweets. Uh, Some of these have been unmasked. Uh, I believe uh, there are three that still are TBA, Um, and rumors that we still might get one before the end of the day. I don't know. I mean, it's 9 o'clock local time, so I don't know if anything will change on that front. Um, But, yeah, I mean, starting it out, um, Karen Prunty, or Karan Prunty, I guess, um, transfer All-American freshman DB from Kansas. Well, I guess sophomore DB from Kansas. Big Uh, time. Freshman. COVID year. He has four years of eligibility. Oh my God. I just, I read freshman year. I read freshman. <laughs> I read it like a hundred times. And I'm just like, well, yeah, I guess he's really technically a senior. I figured he was like freshman <laughs> All-American. Like I was like, he was a freshman All-American, but he's a trans, you know, whatever. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. So yeah. Deception. Um, 
Yeah, he's a he's gonna be a four year starter. I mean, assuming he wants to play four years, technically he could go pro in yeah, two I years. Mean, but uh, yeah, he uh, he's gonna be a day one starter for us, and oh, I think he I absolutely. think he'd be a day one starter at a lot of programs in the SEC. To be honest with you, so huge, yeah, but especially yeah, at South Carolina, game. where you know the the DB room is probably the room that needs the most help. Yeah, possibly. with the departure so, of Horn and Mukwamu, that's definitely, that's big time. Right yeah, there. I mean, there's just, there's not a lot of depth and not a lot of talent in that room to begin with, and, and this definitely patches things up in a supreme way. So, um, it, like, everyone that I've seen talking about him is like, don't don't look at the fact that he came from Kansas. Like, you see that, and you're like, oh, well, I mean, I wish it was more of a Frank Martin thing, but no, like, look at the fact that he's a freshman All-American. Like, that does not, that, that transcends being at Kansas. This is a whole new ball game. So yeah, and you um, know how those big twelve offenses are too. Like this man allowed zero touchdowns his freshman year. Yeah, yeah. I think I saw that he uh um like he only like he had like a thirty five percent completion rating, which is like the highest among freshmen. Um especially being in such a pass heavy, you know, conference, conference like the Pac yeah. or not Pac twelve. Um but the uh big but 12. the big ten Jesus. no big twelve <laughs> We'll get it. There's there's five, you know. We'll name three of them. <laughs> we'll get it eventually. Um, so yeah, it's it's definitely a huge pickup. Um, would like to say that my crystal ball from last week's show came out to be perfect. Uh, he was clearly pointing at the South Carolina picture in his first original tweet. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I was really glad to see that come through. Um, so I didn't look like an idiot, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, so, uh, definitely some big news, uh, to kind of kick off the weekend on Saturday, um, going along the list, um, we've got, uh, Kyle Horton, um, from, uh, from Clarendon, a really small school. He's, he plays, uh, like eight V eight football down there or up there or wherever. Um, but he's a six, three wide receiver. So he's got some height. Uh, he ran a four, four, 40 yard dash. I'm excited about this pickup. I think this might be one of those under the radar guys. Well, especially in we another can, another run, another uh, like position group that's kind of weak er compared to what we're used to. So that's big. You know, I I yeah. always maybe this is because of Muschamp, but I always take those speeds with the grain of salt when I hear them for uh, wide receiver recruits. Heard yeah. the same thing about Josh Van, and um, even Shy. They said runs a four three. Now we know Shy's fast, but. I mean, so fans' biggest problem is catching the ball. So I mean, <laughs> I mean, but even Van never looked fast. He never looked like he create, could create separation. I don't know. I, I think yeah. that that four four forty isn't isn't the biggest uh, biggest thing about the guy. Oh, he's six three, so that's pretty big. That's definitely big. That's, that's big. big. Yeah. yeah. Yes. From a, from yes. a football perspective. All right, and they're kind of blowing through a couple of these. Uh, we got Peyton Mill- Peyton Williams, uh, three star safety from Texas. Um, Case and Henry, three-star offensive tackle from Georgia, uh, another six-six, another big old guy right there. Um, and then, uh, and, and this is actually a big um, offensive tackle. Uh, I know uh, Atkins said when he kind of got here, we didn't have any true offensive tackles. Uh, whatever you know, the, the past couple offensive linemen coaches um, have really been going over, um, you know, kind of like a hybrid to be able to play all the different positions along the line, um, where tackle we haven't really had someone that really fits that build so i'm glad to see that he's kind of coming in here with that first class uh, we'll get to some other tackle recruits later um in a couple seconds but um good to see that he's kind of pick, putting those guys in there um in his first class to kind of start that that trend of, of having some true offensive tackles um we got uh moving along as well uh, we've got 
Jamal Weiss, a three-star defensive lineman from Miami. I love getting those guys from from the southern part of Florida. Um, which Who was the guy that, that recommitted? It was Anthony Rose, right? Yeah, Anthony Rose. Anthony Rose. Okay, he's the one. He's also from Miami. Really excited about this. Three-star safety. Love the safeties from the Miami area. Same. Get yourself a little Ed Reed action. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Right, big right. fan of the Miami yeah. safeties, absolutely. It's actually it's actually kind of <laughs> funny with um, recruiting right now is we are in on a bunch of safeties. I think we already have three, maybe four committed, and I think we're still in it mm-hmm. with three more. So, if they all commit, I don't. I assume we're going to take them all. I mean, we need all the safety help we can get, but true. It, we're uh, we're really digging into that position. Well, that's and good. Isn't that the kind of defense Clayton so. Clayton White runs anyway? Is kind of like a wide safety, lots of corners, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've never actually seen his defense up up close in person. I've never watched the, what was it, Western Kentucky game? Correct. But, um, yeah, no, it's definitely a secondary heaven. It kind of reminds me a bit of the Spurrier era uh, defense where we had the Spur position, the hybrid linebacker, um, DB player. Well, I did enjoy those defenses there, especially from uh, 2010 to 2013, so... Yeah, no, I'll I mean, shoot, back. go back to, go back to 2008. That's true, honestly. go to like 2008, that's very true, that's very true. Um, yeah, so, uh, and then rounding out, really, the last, these are all commitments just in the last, like, 10 days uh, that we know of. Uh, rounding out, today, Tuesday, June 29th, uh, the big four-star offensive tackle from Pennsylvania, Ryan Brubaker, uh, taking away the legacy from Penn State. Um, it's kind of down, I think, between Penn State, us, and Tennessee, uh, maybe one or two other schools, but... Um, oh, it's Stanford and Vandy. So I guess he's a smart guy, too. I mean, I can see Stanford, but I don't really know otherwise why you'd have Vandy up there with the other three schools. Um, but, yeah. <laughs> big uh, baseball guy. Big baseball guy. <laughs> big baseball guy. Looking for that uh, extra scholarship. Yeah, um, it's been really cool. Out of these ten recruits, three of them, we went in and beat Tennessee for them. Feels good to beat Tennessee true. and recruit That's again. true. <laughs> I saw uh, I saw on their message board they're kind of a little shook right now. Uh, just the fact that they are zero and three with us right now um, in this recruiting cycle, and their it's whole program like, pretty much transferred. And yeah, yeah, they, they uh, they're they're bloodied up right now. So they're in shambles. Um, Love they, to see it. Yeah, it's uh, it, they might be in more than shambles. <laughs> I mean, Josh Hoople's <laughs> a very good coach. Don't get me wrong. I I really I do like him as a game. I like him as a game day coach, but I don't think he. Can I disagree very on well. that as well. I, I just I don't think he can recruit very well. I don't think he can do anything very well because I mean he took Scott Frost UCF team and I know y'all like to hate on them, um, but I mean they've gotten progressively worse over the last couple of years. So I am uh, I'm not in on the Hoople train, especially with what uh, he's got to pick with up. That is I think that still has to do a lot with recruiting. I mean Scott Frost the reason they were so good is the way he recruited down there. He got a lot of transfers eh, and a true. lot of under-the-radar radar three-star guys. Because yeah. look at what Scott Frost is doing at Nebraska. Shit all. Like, <laughs> yeah. Nebraska's yeah, awful. True. He was supposed to bring Nebraska back. They're not back. That's Ladies true. and gentlemen, they're still not back. Just they they're, they're stuck wherever Texas is, you know. Yeah, in the <laughs> land of thinking they're back. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, this was a massive, massive uh, one. Uh Apparently, he had an amazing official visit. Um, Ryan was originally planning on um, on committing on the 4th of July. Uh, so, he, he guess, had a great visit. 
got home, thought about it a little bit, and, and called up Coach Atkins. Uh, I think it was uh, sun, Monday afternoon, Sunday afternoon, and basically said, hey, I'd like to come play football for you guys. Uh, so, I mean, that that's big. It, that is really big when, you know, someone bumps up their their commitment date by about a week to just commit to South Carolina. They're that excited. Uh, I, think I, think he, uh, wanted to sec- I think he wanted to secure his spot because – I don't think we're taking too many more O-line players in this class. I, I remember hearing something about that, that he called to make yeah. sure there was still room and that he could get a spot in the class. True, true. So, yeah, um, but still big. I mean, he could have just committed to Coach Atkins. I mean, he pro- pro- moved up his public uh, you know, his public announcement like a whole week, which is oh, yeah. up big for these guys. Uh, that, that, to me, that just shows that there's a lot of excitement about that commitment. Um, and I think I mentioned it last week on the podcast too. I mean, like I, I, I saw a TikTok of like one of these guys is like, like the highlights of the guy's week. Um, it, it's crazy. I mean, the stuff that they've got laid out. I mean, they've got town cars, stuff like that. Um, picking up these guys from the airport, hotels, gift baskets in the hotels. I mean, it's like, man, I wish I was not five eight and scrawny and not athletic and you know could have been on these official visits of south carolina and stuff like that yeah, uh, but alas yeah that was not the case it actually probably been pretty boring it, you know in our era because that was like right when spurrier stopped caring about recruiting uh so it probably just been like hey welcome to south carolina okay see ya <laughs> you know yeah, that yep. joke didn't land, I guess. I got it. So out of those uh, ten that uh, those ten welcome homes, obviously we just went over seven of them. We still have three that are yet to announce. We don't know who they are yet. Their uh, coaching Sauce staffs obviously keeping their their cards close to the best, which I kind of like to see, to be honest. Give the kid their moment. I heard uh, one of them was uh, five star from upstate. Uh, it's uh, um, you know, Cladavion. It's me. Down, Downey? It's me. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that checks out. Clodavion, <laughs> Downey, yeah. yeah. He's a both, hard both hitter. Both of those things check out. <laughs> Highest recruit ever in the 24-7 system. <laughs> yeah. If uh, if Shane Beamer recruited Austin Ratliff, uh, fire him immediately. <laughs> oh, yeah. He'd be an awful coach. I mean, Austin could probably go play some receiver out there, go play slot. Kind of fast. Yeah. That Air probably, Force. Can't, probably won't catch PT. the ball a single time, but he can run. That helps. But, I mean, that fits right in with the rest of our receivers. So. <laughs> yeah, so So we had, uh, what, 12 official visits this yeah, weekend? Yeah, 12 time? guys on campus. Uh, that At least that was listed um, on recruiting websites and things like that. Nine of them four stars. And one of them's already committed. So, so far, pretty successful weekend. Yeah, we know uh, it's hard to lock down those four- and five-star guys. They usually don't commit closer to the season or until the season started. Um, mm-hmm. So, don't, so you know, don't also be, like, kind of down on seeing all these recruits that we land that are three-stars. That's kind of how recruiting goes. And and don't sleep on the three-stars either. Because like, Connor Shaw was a three-star, and I think anybody in the fan base would take Connor Shaw back in a heartbeat if you gave him <laughs> four extra years of eligibility. So. Yeah, Absolutely. <laughs> And then, uh, so the biggest name I think that we've been seeing today, specifically on Twitter, is the uh, four-star tight end Oscar Delp. Um, yeah. Apparently, we, you know, you've seen the fans if you if you're on Twitter, you've seen everyone tweeting about him, saying we want him. Cotton Gin put up their sign. <laughs> um, you know, he said he had an amazing visit this weekend. Sounds like he had a really good time. Um, 
on 24-7, his favorite seems to be Georgia. But I think Ooh. we gave him a lot to think about this weekend. He's seen yeah. how passionate the fans are. He's seen how we roll out the red carpet. I I don't think, like, it's a 50-50 between us and Georgia. I think they're for sure still in the lead. But it'll be really nice to see what, what Beamer can do to get him in the boat. I know he'll especially, be back up uh, here on... Especially uh, seeing um, Kimry's recruiting chops. Uh, this would kind of maybe be his first big-time recruit and uh, getting the chance if he could land that. I saw... Um, I saw that um, Hayden Hurst and Jared Cook were in town this weekend too, uh, and they were just really pounding heavy on that this is going to be a very tight end centered offense, and that tight ends are going to excel here. Uh, so Ooh. that that's, I mean, those are yeah. two big name or tight ends. Yeah, uh, for right sure. So, and for those who don't know, Tyler is a huge Eric Kimry fanboy, so. Anything Kimry does right, y'all are going to hear about it. I mean, but the thing is, who in the fan base right now isn't? I mean, he's been right. I mean, he's got a legendary moment in the, in, in Gamecock history. He's uh, he's a local guy in Columbia. Been coaching in Hammond for the past 20 years, it feels like, or however many national championships he has. That'll tell you the amount of years. <laughs> State championships. Um, I mean, I think he's the coach that everyone's most excited for, like, among the assistants. Like, just, like, as on that, like, you know, like, just homegrown guy type of level. So, um, I'd argue Satterfield or Step, but you know. Well, I mean, I no, I don't think so. Like, I think, but it's like okay. What I mean is like the fan base knows him. The fan base has known him for the last fifteen years because he's been on, like, especially in Columbia, he's been on radio shows. He's got his podcast or had his podcast, and you know he's got he's got he's he's got history here. So um, I mean, who doesn't want to see him do well um, because of that? I mean. You want to obviously see the whole staff do well, but you know this guy that's been bleeding the garnet and black for the last twenty years, probably longer than that. You definitely want to see succeed as well. And when it comes to landing this highly tied four star tight end and stealing it from Georgia, yeah, that brings a little bit of extra, you know, oomph to the table. <laughs> yeah, he's a he's a really nice guy. He's my uh, grandmother's neighbor, and my grandpa's at this age and uh, health where he falls down a lot and uh, coach Kimry offered to um if he ever falls down to call him and come pick him up so I didn't have to drive 30 minutes down there to uh get his ass off the ground <laughs> yeah <laughs> really nice a, guy really good family yeah, good guy good guy so um I'd love to see him land uh and kind of not technically flip but um kind of flip a big four-star tight end recruit um away from the the dogs so yeah help um, is uh he'll, so he'll be back up here on the 31st or july 31st for the big cookout that we have yeah that'll uh, be big i think that'll be the next time that he'll be here because we're, we're in a dead period now right yes yeah so i'm not sure when the dead period opens back up but we know the cookouts is always a big time for recruiting for us and help confirming that he's going to be a visitor there on the 31st we say always a big time is, is this like a thing we always do yeah, we've done it since Spurrier, so. Okay, okay. Yep. It so, just seemed like they were hyping it as something more unique to the staff, but. Good. Oh, no, I mean, Musch, Muschamp did them, Spurrier did them. Yeah, um, I guess everybody does them in a way. Yeah, I'm sure every school has something or the other. Prove they can yeah. cook, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the last guy yeah. that I know we were really hyped about for this weekend was uh, Keenan Nelson Jr. He's a four-star cornerback out of Philadelphia, um, for the longest time, Penn State has been his leader, you know, the home team. But apparently the official visit this weekend 
went as well as it could have and you know aside from a commitment we said and did all the right things and apparently we're now in the boat as well he's a he's a like mid four-star cornerback and that's a huge position to need for us so I hope Beamer can work some magic and get this guy in the boat. That'd be a great dynamic duo with Prunty already. That wouldn't be a bad... Prunty uh, and Kay, and don't sleep on Cam Smith now. True, true. No, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Something about stealing these Penn State players. And I kind of mentioned this last week as well. Like This is the area of the country that I think uh, this recruiting staff is um, is kind of looking to kind of like tap into a little bit. Um, I mean, obviously, we just got Brubaker from, from the Pennsylvania area. Um, but they're really expanding their horizons a little bit. Um, I mean, obviously, you know, the main recruiting states, South Carolina, North Carolina, Georgia, Florida. Um, I mean, you look at the last weeks of recruits, uh, you know, we've got a guy from Georgia, two guys from Florida. Um, well, um, and then, you know, a couple of South Carolina guys as well. Um, that's what we're going to see. But, that guy, you know, getting the four-star already from Pennsylvania. We've done it once. We can do it again. Um, getting in that Philadelphia area. Um, I mean, we've got a guy this past week from Texas. We've got a guy who was playing college football in Kansas. Th- this group is not afraid well, to kind Beamer's of stretch the map a Beamer's got that Big 12 connection as well, obviously, coming just from Oklahoma. Yeah, so, yeah. I get yeah. what you're saying. I totally agree. But, just you know, he's definitely got connections. But, and the Beamer family in general, you know, for Virginia Tech as well, they've got connections kind of all over the place. But moving up the coastline, I mean, there's a lot of good players that are up there. Like I said last week in that Delmarva, that Pennsylvania area. Yeah, got um, Debo Williams from Delaware. Debo Williams coming huge. from Delaware. He looks, he looks like he's going to be a player. He looks good. Um, I mean, this was a must-champ guy, but um, um, Lloyd, also from the Maryland-Delaware area. Um, is he from, he's from Delaware, but he like went to high school in Maryland, right? Wasn't that what it was? Or who cares, I, I thought really? it was from Maryland. I don't know. Maybe it was vice versa. You know, I thought, that, it was like, I thought he crossed thing... the border for school. Maybe I, I don't recall to be honest with you, but that's one thing that's really cool. That's different about Beamer's uh, recruiting zones versus Muschamp's. Muschamp really stuck to South North Carolina, Georgia, Florida, the immediate nearby areas. And now, you know, Clemson's gonna dominate us with that, and Georgia too are gonna dominate us in that nearby recruiting, which is just how it's gonna be for a while. I mean, they're gonna land those five star guys. And right now, North Carolina. And North Carolina has UNC or North Carolina has or, sorry UNC has North Carolina on lockdown. I don't know what yeah. Mac Brown is doing over there. I don't know what he's selling to these kids because he's probably going to be it's dead in Jordan two years. Brand. But, like, <laughs> wow. Jeez. UNC <laughs> is going hard. Devin with, the, uh, with Devin with the uh, Dabo S comment about like how he called out Urban Meyer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And Dabo was right about that one. So uh, prayers out to the Mac Brown family. <laughs> yeah. I mean – Aside from joking, I mean, he, surely he can't coach that many years. Like, no, I, I don't get it. Be... I don't get why they hired. I mean, I get, it's worked out, but I mean, he's been there what two years now, and it just unless they just and life in the Heisman's favorite at quarterback too. Let's not forget unless they're yeah, grooming someone else to be head. Coach, that, that's surely. gotta be what it is. Is like they have a plan, and he's just there to kind of <laughs> get the get the hype train starting, and they're gonna <laughs> pass the reins off to somebody. Which I mean, Nick if that's the plan, if that's the plan. Then stage one is going perfectly, but oh, I just I don't know what it's going to look like and what has to be the very near future. Well, let's not forget Spurrier tried to do that do that here with uh, Junior didn't work I out. I was a Chapel Hill is a smart school, but I don't know if they're that true. smart that they've got this all planned out years in advance. I don't but. know. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Um, but yeah, um, but big time stuff going on. I mean, uh, it's just. 
it's exciting right now. I, I cannot, we're under, well, we're about, I guess Sunday will be two months away from kickoff. Uh, that, that, that's, it's getting so close. It's like 67, 66 days left. I mean, yeah. it, it, it's like, it's almost like, I mean, the days are getting shorter again. I mean, pretty soon you're going to start getting that, like, you're going to catch like a little briskness in the air, like just out of nowhere. And you're like, wait a minute. Is that a is that a taste of football season I'm catching there? And it's gonna be magnificent. Let's slow down. Um, <laughs> I think uh, Clayton, Matt, and I, we um, we finally bought our alumni tickets. We're finally Gamecock Club members. Woohoo! Congratulations, first, first time. Proud of you. Welcome to the club. Thank you, thank you. I would like to be there, but I you know I have to pay for daycare. Like, yeah, I mean Clayton Clayton's crazy. Like He's gonna drive mortgage. down from Tennessee every weekend during football season for home games. That's commitment, you know. Uh, that is commitment. I give him credit for that. That is commitment. I mean, what are you going to go? Just go watch a football game in Tennessee? Nah. I can't. Uh, Unless I it's uh, when Carolina's in town. So I'm not going to Tennessee. That is the worst stadium in the SEC. And that is a terrible stadium. I've been there once for a concert, and I was like, this place is an absolute dump. Yeah, I love sitting on half seats just so they can fit <laughs> 100,000 people in there. Yeah. Um but yeah, um, do we have anything else to say about Shane Beamer and how excited we are about him? For right I mean, now? I could talk forever about Shane Beamer, but for the purposes of this podcast specifically today, I'm good. Well, he's all winning right. the off, he's winning the off season. I guess now yeah, we just gotta winning the off season for sure. Well, actually, really, uh, I just want to emphasize what Devin said. Like the atmosphere is just different. I know. I feel like we maybe say that every off season, but like genuinely, this culture shock has like just really reverberated. Not just throughout the school, but we were saying earlier, like the whole SEC, the nation, like people from the outside are actually looking in and seeing the changes that are coming to this yeah. program. And there's an excitement not just with Carolina fans, but SEC fans, national media members. Like there's this excitement in the air that I don't think has been felt in this school for a while and this Absolutely. is just year one like if, if things really take off which I think and pray and really believe they will we're, great things are coming and we're just going to be a big spotlight um, I, I'm really excited like this whole culture thing has just got me super super excited like I'm committed I'm in like I, I'm sold yeah, yeah and I think I think you know with our schedule this year being a little easier than it was last year I think getting six wins is very doable I it honestly should be should be I think the way it's laid out it's it's very gettable I think uh yeah, exactly. you know if we can get some wins early in the games that we should win uh, build some momentum some confidence and things like that and that'll really help us in the back end of the schedule stealing a game or two when things get a bit more complicated oh, yeah. and that's going to help recruiting a ton that will definitely help rec- wins any win helps recruiting um, Absolutely. So we'll be excited to see that. Um, but now it is time to move away from football for a second and get into our flop of the week. Uh, surprise, surprise. Uh, week after week, it just seems that it comes back to this same institution, organization, chaotic mess that is the NCAA. If you're not aware... And you probably are if you have a pulse and follow sports at all over the last week. Uh, we're in Omaha. Uh, we are in the midst of the College World Series. Well, we are in not South Carolina, unfortunately, but, you know. Too soon. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, so the College World Series is going on out there, and it's been a great week of baseball. Uh, and the underdogs, uh, if kind of, if you will, uh, coming out of the you know Fayetteville Regional has been NC State. 
uh, it's like a super regional. Uh, they just took down the top seed, the top overall seed, Razorbacks, um, in three games. Came to Omaha, won two games. Was one went away from the College Road Series final. Um, we're just absolutely steamrolling. Uh, they were set to play Vandy on Friday afternoon, and like minutes before first pitch, like during warmups, um, they came out and basically kind of shut everything down, put everything in delay. Um, and it was announced that NC State was having COVID issues. And uh, they didn't really disclose how many guys were in protocol. I think they said two guys had tested positive. Um, and it came down to the point where they worked it out where Van- or where NC State came out in the field to play Vandy with 13 eligible players. And it was it was not the way you expected it to go. I mean, they had Kumar Rocker on the mound. And you're thinking they're going to beat these guys like 30 to Two, maybe. Maybe they'll score two runs. You know, when Kumar leaves when he's got the win secure and they're up by 20 runs and, you know, they just pound the weak link of the bullpen for an inning and a half. But, alas, uh, I think the final score was like 4-1. to one. Um, They're 3-1, to 4-1. to one. Uh, Which is great, all things considered, to be honest. Yeah. Or no, I don't think it, I think it might have been – they might have scored two runs. Whatever. It was It was a two-run two ball game. Um, they they had chances in like the seventh, eighth, and ninth inning to put some runs on the board and, and maybe take a lead. Um, their the pitcher, the pitcher who beat Vandy in Game One of the whole College World Series, um, was in like the eight hole, and he was three for four. Um, he was having an amazing game, and um, I mean. It was it was fun. It was probably the most exciting baseball game that I've watched in a long time, just because you had this rooting interest in NC State, um, and and they were doing well, and, and it was just the whole storyline was there to call, like to set up for this upset. Unfortunately, it didn't happen. Um, but you know, you're still like, oh well, Saturday will come along. Um, they'll probably get some guys back from protocol and maybe they can, maybe they can finish it off. Um, you know, they don't have to face, you know, a guy like rocker. Uh, maybe they can, maybe they can squeeze one out. Um, but the cowards that the NCAA are, they came out, um, at 2 AM local time, I believe. Um, and basically hit that Saturday morning, middle of the night press release saying that the game would be a walkover and that Vandy, um, coming out of losers bracket, would qualify for the championship series. Um, and it's just a coward's move. That's all it is. I don't care what your politics are. Um, this isn't about that. Um, you know, it's not about they should have gotten vaccinated. It's not about this disease. This is this is just all bullshit is what it is. And this is this is really what... Okay, I'm, I'm maybe going to get somewhat political in a way. Sorry, Clayton. It's what the entire... It's just kind of like a, a microcosm of the entire pandemic has been. It's just utter nonsensical bullshit where you're going to let this team come out on Friday and play a game with 13 guys but then say that they can't play on Saturday. How does that make any sense? I mean, it doesn't. I, it doesn't. I, get, I, mean, I get the seriousness of COVID-19. Yeah. I, so, I, so I, here, I'm not... Here, here's what I don't get. So the four, four guys on the team tested positive – and they were all vaccinated guys, and I don't believe they were showing. Yeah, they were all vaccinated. So if you're some dumbass that sits there and says, "Well, they should have been vaccinated," fuck you, honestly, <laughs> fuck really you. I, literally, you are a dumbass. You're a dumbass. You're a dumbass. You're a dumbass. You're a dumbass. It's a vaccination. It, it, it does not end. We are not eradicating COVID with the vaccine. Stop thinking that. Stop drinking the Kool Aid. That's not how vaccines work. 
I mean, it can. The only vac- the only disease that has ever been eradicated is smallpox. Sure, it was eradicated through vaccines, but that's not what's happening here. There's never been a guarantee from anybody that says if you get the vaccine, you'll never catch COVID. It definitely lowers the chances, and it might help the symptoms if you get it. But just shut up with that dumbassery, okay? I'm tired of hearing that. These are 18 to 22-year-old kids that have had their entire dreams ruined when they did the right thing. I've seen it in every single comment on everything about this freaking thing. You're also the flop of the week. You're honorary flop of the week for being a dumbass and not understanding the science and getting on your Twitter machine and saying, you should have listened to the science. Fuck you. I am so tired of you. Everybody out there, if you are a co- if, at this point in the game, if you're still some snobby little prick about COVID, just I don't even know. I, I'm so tired of you. I'm so tired of you. It is so annoying. Is you don't understand any of it. <laughs> it's so annoying. That wow. was a fun little tirade. It really, I, it just this makes me so Dr. mad. Phil. And, and not to put words in your mouth, Tyler, but after that tirade, I need to go and say Tyler is not a COVID denier or anything. He understands the seriousness of COVID-19. Oh, I totally to understand the, the seriousness of it. And yes, I do. I do. But you're literally on there. Like, you're like, you don't, like, you should have listened to the facts, blah, 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 blah. It's like, you listen to the freaking facts. It doesn't keep you from getting the, the COVID. It doesn't. Like, this is a thing that we're going to have to live with at this point in time. Like, people are going to get COVID for the next... 20 years, you know? I mean, it, it's something that's going to happen. But eventually, thanks to the vaccine, it's not going to be COVID. It's going to be, you know, it, it will be like the COVID deniers have said, where it's just like the flu or it's the common cold or something like that. Thanks to vaccinations. But it's never going to be eradicated, or at least not probably for years. It would, it would be great if it was, but statistically, it's not going to be. Um, but yeah. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, as far as far as I'm concerned, the national championship was played in Fayetteville, Arkansas. I, I don't want to go that far. I don't want to go that far. Um, but it, it is definitely going to be if if Vandy, Vandy did come out and win game one. Uh, by the time I think the game tonight has been delayed. Um, I don't know if it started being played yet. Um, but by the time we announce this, the the championship will probably be won one way or another, probably in favor of Vanderbilt because Mississippi State. Does not have the ability to win a national championship or anything. It's just physically impossible for them. Um, but it's just what if Fanny doesn't have winning, then it will definitely be a black mark. For sure. Yeah, and they're going to be back to back champions, which sucks. That even. is also that is not true. That you can't be back to back. Like like yes, you won two consecutive championships, but it's not the same as like when Carolina won back to back. Like no, it's not. Like, there was a whole year, like, sorry, you would have had your chance to do it, but you weren't. You should have gotten the vaccine. Fuck you. <laughs> Very barstool of you. All right, uh, so that wraps up our flop of the week. Uh, Tyler, do you want to uh, wrap us up with some quick hits? Let me take a breath first, yes. <laughs> yes I, was, I, I think Tyler needs to take to. a breather. He needs a five. <laughs> he needs to take to. five. And yes, please listen to Devin. I am not, I, I am very, I, I'm pro-vax on it all. I, you know, I, I understand the seriousness. I know that there's been a massive, tragic loss of life. But, you know, we're coming out of it now. And, and like, you just, you can't, you can't shut down a team's chance for a national championship and then at the same time, 12 hours later, brag that you have 20,000 people with no mask mandates or anything in the ballpark. Like, you didn't, you have 20,000 people in there. You didn't test all these people. But you're going to test these kids trying to win a national championship. 
you're still going to let Vandy play baseball against Mississippi State when they've been on the field with, you know, all of these teams for a week? It's just stupid. Okay. <sighs> Breath. Quick hits. I guess I'll, I'll, start, I'll start with one of the quick hits, the one that I don't like. Um, so after the baseball season... Uh, Kingston got an extension. It's a two-year extension. I don't get it. I don't like it. I don't think it's deserved. Um, he didn't get okay. a raise, but it, it's this is this was strictly a business move. Uh, Devin's Devin would Mark Kingston at this point. I think win a College World Series title, and Devin still would be unhappy about it <laughs> because how much he dislikes Mark Kingston. Uh, strictly a business move. No raise. I don't think anything you know drastic happened with the buyout. This is just business for recruiting. Um, I don't say it's undeserved because he's played three full seasons and two of them ended in a, in a playoff run and you know one of them ended in a Super Regional. So, I mean, 30% of the time he's making the Super Regional, technically, if you want to call it that, which is a pretty good clip, realistically. Um, the, the team is still based you know, from his second year to this year is on an upward tick. And really it's just a recruiting thing because they want to try to keep – you know, three or four years on a contract. He was down to two years left, uh, which is crazy that his six-year deal is already down to two years left. But um, I guess that's part of what, how COVID kind of sped things along. Um, I have no problem with this. No raise, nothing else. It's just strictly for recruiting. And, you know, if things can turn around and go south quickly, we can cut the tire there pretty easily. Um, so I think it shows that Tanner has learned some stuff from his mistakes from Muschamp. Um, because it was just an extension for a recruiting standpoint. Yeah, I, like I said, I, I, well, like Tyler said, not like I said, like Tyler said, I, I agree. I think the fact that there wasn't a raise, it was just kind of an extension, it doesn't really bother me as much. If he had gotten a salary increase, I think there'd be a problem because I definitely didn't really see anything to warrant that. But I think this is good for um, stability for the program, for one, especially with the COVID season that we had last year. Um, it's good for stability and for recruiting purposes, and it kind of gives yeah. the program a chance to see where this – uh, the staff can take us, you know, if we're going to see improvement mm-hmm. um, and, you know, things are great. Now we kind of have that extra couple years to keep building versus, you know, deciding on the future of the pair program, the coaches contract, all that. It's kind of a good buffer zone. So it, it's, it's hard to be upset with it. Yeah. We're, um, we're running long here, so I won't go into why I think you're all idiots with uh, being okay with well, it. Well, Tyler told but us why I'll they're write, all idiots. Write, so you uh, might as well just let it all I'll write an essay. <laughs> Send it over. That'll be that MLA, you know, the, MLA uh, format the, the, in that, Devin? 2022 uh, baseball space. preview podcast. Um, but, yeah, uh, kind of uh, get into, I guess, really the rest of this is is all women's basketball-based, uh, so the boys love that. Um, but we've seen Don's name pop up uh, primarily with the Portland Trailblazers um, for interviewing for some jobs. Uh, they hired Chauncey Billups. Um all the other NBA jobs have been filled, so it seems like Don is safe and sound in Carolina for the time being. Um, I think this is going to be, I think this is going to be, in a lot of ways, for political reasons, this is going to be like an every offseason type of thing. Um, I really would be surprised if we saw her make a jump to the NBA. I could see her doing it just to be like, hey, I'm the first woman to do it. Um, but I think she's comfortable. I, I think she knows exactly where she stands in the women's game. Um and I think she's happy with that right now. Um, 
Well, I think that, but also and, I think her best chances are behind her. I think Philly was the optimal move. We talked about this a little bit. Philly was the ultimate move for her, her being from Philadelphia, that area. Yeah, that could have been something. Uh, before they hired Doc Rivers, but now they've got... Well, I don't uh, know. With the way he had his season this year... Well, that's true. You're like right. That, that's the door might open again. <laughs> You're right. That's, that's, that one's on the back burner. We'll keep I that mean, in mind. I mean, they were, what, number one seed, and he loses in this conference semifinals? Yeah. I'm not going to be too well, happy about that. Yeah, that's that's fair. Well, well that's I'll, I'll agree with you. I'll give you a point there. Um, but and then Portland just kind of being the trailblazing, no pun intended, city that it is. Uh, I I think that would have been a smart move for someone like Don to go, you know, to a city like Portland. But like you said, they hired Billups instead, and I, she's staying home. I like what you did there. That was uh, that was pretty cool. Um, Thanks. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, um, keeping with the women's basketball train, uh, they announced uh, this week that they are extending the UConn series for another two years. Um, this seems to happen every two years. They play their home and home, and then they say, let's keep doing it. And um, that's kind of been that way for, what, the last eight years now, pretty much. Uh, we've only won one of those games, but I think it's definitely clear that the, the talent gap uh, has closed drastically between the two programs. And, uh, you know, the last uh, last couple games have been pretty good. Uh, this year's was a heartbreaker up there in stores, but uh, still a great game. Um, and then wrapping it all up, uh, we mentioned it last week. Asia Wilson is going to be a part of uh, the main team USA for team team, blah, 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 team USA for women's basketball. Uh, but uh, Alicia Gray, uh, another one of our national championship girls, um, she made the uh, the team USA three v three team. So it's going to be the inaugural Olympics for three v three basketball. Um, and we've got another Gamecock uh, on the national team. So that will be um, that'll be pretty fun. So. Um, that wraps up everything that we've got this week and uh, hopefully we'll have some more welcome homes to talk about next week and we'll be excited to get to y'all y'all have a good one bye y'all beamer ball